With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and we are talking about WandaVision here on Post Show Recaps. Everything is wonderful, and thank you to the great Jason Curtis Rivera for the greatest theme song of all time that is causing both of my co-hosts here on the WandaVision podcast to swallow laughter, try not to explode into the microphone here. Kevin Mahadeo shaking his head, Latanya Starks hiding from the computer. Welcome to the podcast, my friends. Round one of WandaVision, it's happening! It is happening. We're here. We're there. Where are we? Big question. Where are we? we? When when are we? Hey, Latoya, where are we? we? What are we? I have not been as confused and as excited about a show since Lost Season 1, which, relax, Josh, but, like, it is that weird, weird feeling, right? Like, of just, like, to me, like, really awesome TV right now, but also, like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I do hope this ends better than Lost, but... Yeah, we'll see but uh, now i'm not relaxed yeah, now yeah, you're not okay yes, but yes yeah it's just this is gonna be a weird show to talk about to say the least yo i don't even know i don't even know what we're gonna all right so we're talking about the first two episodes of wandavision they have arrived if you missed our preview podcast here and everything is super i mean you could go back and listen to it uh we basically know as much now as we did then i feel like which is to say not much like this is a show that is shrouded in secrecy and two episodes deep we are still underneath that shroud uh this is a show that is very intentionally keeping us away from the truth from like the the heart of the reality behind this thing uh and that's really intriguing and exciting. Latanya, you and I were texting and I think that I had said to you that like my predominant feeling more than like I loved it or I even like I really liked it. My predominant feeling is like I'm very intrigued right now. I don't know that I know enough to say whether I love it or like it yet, but I'm so intrigued. I'm really in. Yeah, I feel the same way. I was very effervescent about my postings on the social needs. Yeah, because we need Love we those need social meds. Yes, the, the social meds. We definitely need to abbreviate that. Um, and so, I, I, but I I stand by all of that. It's just a really beautifully shot show. In addition yeah. to having some great uh, special effects, and so it's kind of dazzling in that way. But in the other way, I just want to know what is going on. Like you know, we joked at the top. Where are we? When are we? Why are we? What are we? And the sitcomy nature of these first two episodes and, you know, what will continue to occur in tropes of sitcoms for decades to come very much have us wondering what's going on, um, who's causing it to happen, um, why it's being caused to happen, or if this is something that uh, Wanda is doing on her very own. So yeah, just very intrigued, uh, want to know who the bad people are um, and who the people somewhere in between are. And also just loving the idea that for each episode, it seems like in addition to the cool theme songs that we get for WandaVision, we're going to get actual song cues that tell us what decade we're in. So yeah. the first one we get being Yakety Yak, which came out in the 1950s, the exact date, um, un- uh, kind of in dispute. But somewhere around 1953 to 1958, um, and it uh, was by the Coasters. So we get that in the very first episode, which is more of an homage to Dick Van Dyke, um, the I Love Lucy's of it all. 
And then in the second episode, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about about a lot more in depth later, we get Help Me Rhonda, um, which Help Me Wanda in, though, yeah. but Help Me Wanda exactly, uh, which is a song that uh, by the Beach Boys that came out in 1965. So we're firmly in the 60s, even reflecting in Wanda's wardrobe by then. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think I mean to me that just looking at the sitcoms that they were aping, um, sort of like. You could see that. And I think that sets a precedent that I'm kind of really excited about. Cause like the first episode was very much the fifties It's very much Dick Van Dyke. I think it's, it's, it's like, and that's, that's the thing that impresses me the most. And what makes me really excited for the show. I do want the answers and I am curious about that, but it's the same way that I responded so well to community, right? Like I loved community when they did the genre episodes because their abilities to mimic the style tone and beats of those, uh, those, those genre stuff, like the mafia film or like the paintball episode or, you know, like the, the famous episodes like that, they did that here. And my, like how impressed I was at them to be able to pull off doing a Dick Van Dyke reference to an entire episode in terms of the style of humor, the mannerisms of the characters to the special effects, that on string movement almost with the plates at the beginning to bewitched, uh, which is a different era, mm-hmm. a different style. Um, and again, everyone like changed. Um, there, there's stuff I'd love to call out uh, in a little bit about like how they showed the shift. But that's set a precedent to me where it's just like we're doing 50s was Dick Van Dyke. The 60s is Bewitched. And I feel like this sets up based on like what was said previously that each decade now I'm excited because we're leading up like this matches out perfectly if this works out because the next episode will be 70s, the 80s, the 90s the 2000s and the 2010s leaving the last episode to be modern day to be now so yeah. the last episode could just be not the sitcom stuff they still have looks like they're pacing it out in such a way that we're still going to get like an ending that can now enter the regular world can still give us the culmination of the story but it's just now as opposed to these uh sitcom yeah. references of the past I, I think it works out that we would be with two episodes at the end that would be uh devoid of of any decade other than now potentially uh because you well, get is the, it is it eight or nine i believe it's nine I'm pretty sure okay uh, if it's nine yeah we get two so so i and and that makes sense because even within these episodes you know there are there are at least like slices of episode uh latanya that are like showing us outside of the scope of of this world that either Wanda and Vision have been trapped inside of by someone else or it's a trap of Wanda's own no matter what it seem it does seem like even if um Vision is some sort of manifestation of Wanda's which is possible um that he has some element of agency in here right because we're getting Vision storylines we're getting to see Vision at work we're getting to see Vision hanging out and socializing with people and gumming up his insides and like you know <laughs> screw and screwing things up that way that like um I, I think like the actualization of vision is definitely happening. Um, the question is like, what is the, the permanence level of that? Uh, there's just so, there's so much in here that is so intriguing to me from the very first lines of like you and your, you and your flying saucers and, and you and your, you and indestructible, your indestructible head, head, which we know is not indestructible, <laughs> uh, because we no. have seen that head get destroyed. We um, saw her destruct it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she destructed. That she destroyed <laughs> you know, and and but we haven't really seen her in a flying saucer context, so it does make you wonder. Like, I think like the indestructible headline is like so. Uh, it, the indestructible headline is good. Uh, that it's it's so uh, it's such a clear call out to what happened to Vision that I think you have to take the flying saucer stuff just as literally. I know that there are references to sword. We talked about. I was just going to say sword. Yeah, makes um, sense. Yeah connection i think and you and you see the beekeeper in episode two which i know there's a lot of question about is that aim is that uh what what does it stand for advanced Uh, idea mechanics yes and and they're like you know potentially like a new hydra type you know there's certainly there's a lot of history with them or he's just a dude trying to keep his bees he may also just be a guy trying to keep his bees not the bees in the Uh, sewer i get get that you never heard you never encountered a You've never seen a sewer beer, uh, sewer bee, sewer bees, sewer beers are different. Those are gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sewer beers uh, are nasty. I don't think I've ever seen a yeah. sewer bee. Is this supposed yeah. to be a thing that people know about? No. All I, I know is so. that I would be terrified, and I would also say no <laughs> if I yeah, saw no. that but coming the, out but of. The, 
the beekeeper costume is uh, very evocative of certainly a couple of things like filmically. And I think that this this to me was the biggest one. That's like why people are saying like this show's got Twin Peaks vibes. Like, yeah, this feels like something that you would have seen in a David Lynch movie is the beekeeper crawling out of a manhole. And then walking away, it was like, oh, well, that is some killer Bob shit. Like, I'm not cool with that. That's <laughs> terrifying. Uh, like, that is definitely there. But the but the beekeeper suit is evocative of the AIM costume from the comics. But there's also a sword logo on the suit. So some people are wondering, like, is this sword? Is this AIM? There's the, the commercial breaks that are happening in between where the first one is a Stark Industries reference. And then the second one is Strucker. Uh, Baron von Strucker was the guy who, uh, gave, um, Wanda and Pietro their powers in Age of Ultron. He's dead. Uh, as far as we know, but he's also in the comics linked to aim. Um, so I think we're with like a lot of questions of like, is, is she under duress? Like, obviously she's in duress. Is she, has she been trapped? Is she captured right now? Is she doing this? Has she held is, is, are these real people that she is holding hostage? I think the full extent of this is, is really unknown. So I love the format stuff. I think the structure stuff is really, really cool. But for, for my money, like, I am just so intrigued by like, what the hell are you guys doing with this story? And I'm, I'm so curious to find out. And there's there's definitely a lot that like you've called out. I mean, there's theories just you can from watching these two episodes that from pulling from the comics you can just run wild with. Like, there's a sword references too. There's the fact that like yes, the commercial breaks are really interesting, but you mentioned the fact like one of them is Stark Industries, one of them is Van Stru- or Von Strucker. Both those characters are very dead, as is Vision. So what does that mean? You know, like the fact that these commercials are featuring dead characters. Are there are there are the next commercials going to do the same? Um, there's there's the there's the idea too of what you pointed out, like how Wanda's acting is very, very, very reminiscent of the Avengers disassembled and House of M storylines. You have a character who is acting completely normal in a world that is extremely different from the one that we know, but um, clearly knows more than they know because you have those moments of the no. You have these moments of like her noticing things and, and, and changing slight things. Um, so that's all very House of Emmy. And I think between the literal rewinding of time that we saw and between um, the um, the suddenly pregnant thing that we saw. I mean, there's a lot of ways that this can go, but it looks like they're heading into like comic book level Wanda power uh, territory, which is which is scary. I mean, we talk about like, is it aim? Is it sword? Maybe it's both. Maybe in this world, they're like divisions one and the same and they will break apart or something. You know, you have sword and aim could be a division within that. They're their research division. So there's a lot of ways this could go and play with. And, and they're clearly piecing it out um, very slowly to us. But like, I love it. I love that fact that that we're not going to get the answers immediately here. I just obviously in the back of my mind. The same way when I was watching Watchmen, I suppose, like just uh, I hope you pull this off. Come on, stick the landing, stick the landing. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to like stamp that down <laughs> in my current mental state of I the know. world. I need to not focus on my old self and try to be like a more like I'm excited. Let's see where it goes. You know, to Kevin's point, the bookends of the television show really started introduce us into the warping time warping kind of reality warping sense at the same time that all of us are are attempting to you know escape our own realities by watching this television show this show is very much about making your own reality uh when the one that's in front of you is not great yeah and uh warping it for others as well uh the you know, beginning of the episode uh, where they, you do like the Marvel logo and everything. And I think before the theme song that warps into kind of an old timey television, you get some static there, you get a little feedback in your headphones and then you transition out at the end of each episode with uh, someone taking notes about all of this because someone is watching this and we don't know. We just see an old-timey television surrounded by a bunch of way more modern technology. Uh, and then we see someone, you know, turning it off for the night and, and jotting down some notes. So it'll be interesting to see who that person is or who those people are. Are they part of S.W.O.R.D.? You know, we talked about the logo uh, being out there. And I hadn't, because I 
like I said, I don't read the comics. So I hadn't uh, heard of the possibility of uh, anything other so- other than Sword and Shield, like any other organization. So that's really cool that there's another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even on like the little red plane in the second episode that she picks up from her garden, there's a sword logo on it. So we're wondering if like these people are getting sucked into Wanda and Vision's reality or if they've brought people in with them or if, you know, someone, some nefarious force is working their powers and their magic to counteract Wanda's and to keep her, her more supplicant for their whatever evil deals. For that uh that plane, that toy plane that is our first real color pop in the in the black and white of it all. Um that's that's Geraldine, right? And I'm putting Geraldine in hard quotes because obviously it's Monica Rambeau, right? Like this is how she like showed up into town. Like is am, am I out on a, I didn't a, a even, cliff here? I didn't even I, think about that, but that's a very interesting point. I think yeah. it was a helicopter also. Yeah, uh, yeah it was a helicopter, uh, right? Yeah. I said Get to the chopper. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Come on, Wanda, let's go. Uh side note on that. Sorry, I just have to point this out because I was listening to another podcast, which is crazy to think I listen to other podcasts. What? Not just our own. Yeah, I can't believe you um, listen to other podcasts. You don't even listen to ours. I know it's wild, right? I don't even <laughs> listen to our own shows. I listen to other ones, yeah. but they were talking about an Arnold film recently, and they were talking about how pe- we we put on this like giant Arnold accent, and like it just makes anything like, oh yeah, that's so funny the way he says it. But like we never stop to think about the fact that like he he just sounds like he just speak like he just has an Austrian accent. Yeah, he's just an immigrant. We're literally just making fun of an immigrant whenever we do that. I think which it's kind of wild. I think it's, I think it's a celebration <laughs> of Arnold. Yeah. Who doesn't love Arnold, but also like there are some people who don't like Arnold. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah. few, there's like a few specific oh, people. Like, if you got a problem with Arnold, you you are well within your rights. <laughs> some things that he did were not were not great. Uh, I think I think uh, uh, quote unquote Geraldine uh, definitely like hopped into whatever this like hot zone is uh, yeah. and like. Wanda sees a helicopter and is like, oh, well, that's not going to fit here and turns it into a toy. Like, that would be how yeah. I would imagine yeah. that, that playing out. That makes a lot of sense. That makes so much sense of how yeah. she just showed up in, in, in the second episode. I did think of that, won't lie. Uh, yeah. Was just happy to see Geraldine. If that is her real name, it's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the version of Monica Rambo played by Tiana Paris, who so the the one thing that I think we should discuss, uh, among other things that I also think we should discuss, but one thing we should probably talk about now is how how spot on the dialogue is in terms of helping us attempt to figure out the plot uh, of, of what's going to happen overall and ultimately. Yeah, lay, lay this out for us. This is very useful. Yeah, so this is very, a lot of things that happen in this show they're using some very tropey, like old timey TV sitcom language, or even like pl- th- playing things for laughs that are actual real existential crisis moments or moments that things are starting to get a little bit too real for Wanda, perhaps. So when Wanda goes to Dottie's house and Dottie is the worst. Uh, for that little like uh, meeting um, of the party planning committee to plan parties, we get this kind of, you know, questioning of, which has been there for Wanda and Vision the whole time. Like, when did you get married? How'd you meet? Like all of those things. And then when asked her name, uh, she doesn't really know what her name is. It says, I'm uh, Geraldine. Sure, Geraldine. So right. we're really starting to see like some of those pieces of dialogue. And then a lot of the things that Catherine Hahn's character says, who, by the way, is one of the most hilarious people like ever. She's great in this show. Agnes. But, yeah. Agnes. Uh, but says some really like ominous things that would sound like sitcom. So she'll, she say, says things like, it'll be a gas. Or, uh, people, which means people are getting gassed or are yeah. already, like, have either already been gassed or will be right. getting gassed. Or yeah. says to, uh, to Wanda, you're charmed. 
you know, right. Uh, it, things like that. And a lot of those, those are just a couple examples, but a lot of those are the types of things that happen throughout the episode that give us a little bit of insight into who the characters are and beginnings of what's going on. But I can also see how those things for people who aren't in love with classic sitcoms or aren't getting behind the zany nature of this could just be like, this is the most trite, like <laughs> on the nose dialogue that anyone could come up with what's happening. Right, right, right. Um, I think it is helpful and I, and I think it is all very much by design, like winky, 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 nudge, nudge, like, you know, sort of like, uh, like meant to sort of like cutely guide you towards the danger and through the danger. Because I do think that we are, we are headed somewhere very dangerous. I mean, we're already obviously very in it, but like we're watching this stuff right now, um, at a moment in a, in a way where like, Something is going to happen where we will not be able to revisit this material and look at it quite the same anymore. Um, like that, that magic trick is on its way. And like, there's been a piece of me that's wondered, like, is this better? Would this one be better as a binge? Like, how, how is this fitting alongside like the weekly? There's a piece of me that feels like I wish that like we could just like really sink our teeth into the full deal. Um, but then there's the other part that's like, Let's savor this moment of mystery now because we are, to use some Marvel parlance, we are journeying into mystery. We will never be able to like come back out of it. Like we're ne- we're not going to be able to reapproach WandaVision the same, and probably like you know as soon as maybe next week, if not you know uh, like five weeks from now. Well, Josh, you should uh, forget your forget your past. This is your future now. Yes, um, as said in that, uh, which I noted very much yeah. so. Um, because the potential of that statement alone is just like what, um, which could lead terrifying. to like, and yeah, it's terrifying. And this is the thing, right? Like this could really lead to some reality breaking stuff. Like the idea of also forget your past. This is your future is so wild to think that you're dealing with a character who can literally warp reality, change it to however they want. And there's two levels to that. One, we could legit end up in a world because in the original comics, the entire like this entire thing could be leading to all of a sudden when we pan at the end, we find out for all of our theories, this is Nick Fury. These are some of the Avengers. And all of a sudden the X-Men are there because the world has been warped enough. And it's just be like, what do we do about this person? And it's just like, well, forget about how this happened. This is the future. The world has been warped. I don't think they'll go that far. But the other thing about this that I think is really interesting that I think solidifies what we're watching. We're all, we're all talking about like, is it aim? Is it sword? I mean, I think very much Wanda Maximoff herself is uh, the villain in this story, to, so to speak. But not necessarily villainous, I guess the antagonist, someone who I don't think understands and can control their powers in a way that is um, that is that in a frightening manner. Uh, And the quintessential moment for that, I think, is the end of the first episode where for all the laughs and everything, we get thrown into what is a horror scenario where Mr. Hart starts choking and Mrs. Hart turns to Wanda and is like laughing and smiling, but saying, stop it, stop it over and over again, because at the end of the day. That's that's the note. This is Wanda doing this. Wanda just caused that man to start choking and almost die because he was asking too many questions about the past to almost break her out of this fictional world that she has created. And when you're dealing with someone like that, when you're dealing with someone who can literally warp reality to their whim, they're scary. You have to be very, very very careful how you approach someone like that, how you talk to someone like that, because when they can just snap their fingers <laughs> and change stuff around them, that that's dangerous. And that's and that's 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 very horrifying to think about. And yeah. I think that's where we're headed with this. Like Wanda is clearly, I think, more aware than we are giving possibly giving her credit for. And uh, oh, that's the people trying to fix it is um, worried about how to how to deal with that. Yeah. How do you how do you talk to someone who could literally say no and all of a sudden the conversation you thought you were going to have the moment you thought you were going to have is literally wiped from existence. That's really interesting. Yeah. What is, what is the voice saying to to Wanda over the the radio? It, who's it, doing it, this to you, Wanda? Yeah. Who's who's, who's doing, doing this to you? Who's doing this? So I mean like that seems to suggest that uh want unless it's you know because it sounded to me like that was Randall Park, uh, Jimmy yeah. Woo, the FBI oh, agent. I, I, I didn't catch the, the voice at all. It sounded familiar, but I couldn't pinpoint it. It, sound, it sounded to me like Randall Park. So it, it sounded, what, what 
you know, now I'm I'm having like a moment where like I was confused by it, and I'm obviously still confused by it, but like a possibility was birthed in this moment. Uh, so who's doing this to you? Like suggests that like um, she's under duress, that like she's been captured, but Unless... it, it could also be like the disbelief of like you're a hero who's doing this to you, but it's like no, she's doing this. Well, that's um, the thing. Like, look. This is a weird thing to point out, but uh, you go to therapy, and a big question is, who is doing this to an extent? It's there's you. a lot of you. Yes. And right. so I think the question necessarily doesn't have to be, like, who is doing this, you know, externally? Uh, and the answer is, like, who is doing this? And the answer is, like, she is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, scary. again, uh, an Agnesism uh, mentions that something can be done in a snap. Uh, there are some theories out there about how the snap may have awakened some um, some properties in Wanda. Maybe maybe some um, X Men quality properties and uh, mutant abilities. But that's a that's a, a far off kind of theory we can keep in mind. Getting back to that sequence where uh, the boss is visiting, um, and we get one of our first like sitcom appearances from uh Deborah Joe Rupp as Mrs. Hart. AKA um, Kitty Foreman from that seventy yes. show and yes. guest yeah. appearances in a ton of other ones. Yes. yes. Uh and when yeah, when Wanda is causing <laughs> Mr. Hart to straight up choke to death, it takes a minute after the very eerie like pleas from Mrs. Hart to help him as she's getting more and more frantic. And Wanda just kind of sits there and then like quietly says, vision, help him. And it's very scary. Like it's, it's ominous. And you get the idea that she's completely lost touch with reality, uh, or what used to be her reality. But in addition to that, that she's also a little bit maybe like under mental duress herself because this right. is an issue she's causing, but she can't bring herself to stop doing it and so she has vision there to help him if vision wasn't there to help temper that more dangerous side of her what happens yeah i mean this becomes, how is he there you know you know that's this a becomes, very important question is he the conscience right like when you deal with, with someone with powers like this and like that, that's that latani you call that reality if you are a person who can literally shape reality what does reality mean to you nothing like reality is literally what you make of it. So it becomes like the reason why in the comics people like this go bad so, so often is because like there is a lot, you lose touch of what your humanity is because the world is meaningless to you. Like you can just shape it as you want. And if you have that ability, like the connections to it start to fade, start to go away. So there's a lot here that I think works toward uh, a possibility that that is like Wanda as an antagonist, Wanda is responsible and like everyone else trying, you know, their dangest to like stop this from happening, to figure out like, and to them, they might not know how she's doing this. Right. Like that's the other part, like their only encounters is, of, with this have been through Thanos, through the, the stone. Uh, you have someone imbued with the powers of basically the reality stone. So now they're just trying to figure that out. And like, how do, what do we do? What do we, how do we deal with this? Right. And the comics, unfortunately, the debate became, do we kill her or not? Right. And, uh, that led to a whole slew of other problems. Um, but like, yeah, it's, this is the stuff that like, I think is really fascinating about the show and gets me really excited about the show. Um, which is wholly separate. From the just like, oh my god, it's Dick Van Dyke. They're doing, they're doing the boss comes to dinner. That's just a trope for fifties and sixties uh, sitcoms, and right. to an extent, modern day. The boss is yeah. coming to dinner is so spot on. To and like he consulted what that on style the first is. episode, by the way, like to get the uh, the props and like all the visuals right. He was a consultant, so it's totally Dick Van Dyke. Oh, that's amazing! I didn't. And realize he did that. the mannerisms, like the the, the sitting and the, the the finger thing, is a very Dick Van Dyke um, yeah. uh, thing. And uh, saving the day with like a song or making yourself look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, very Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, and that's the part that like gets me really pumped too. Like uh, for this episode specifically, like those are great callouts, right? Lasagna, where it's just like the the the, the singing yak the yak is very much a thing. The the boss coming to dinner is 
And that, that the farcical nature of it all, where it's just misunderstanding, where they each thinks it's one thing, but the communi- they don't communicate, so they don't know what it is. And the, the, like, that is, that is like quintessential farce. That's stuff that like we see even existing in Frasier. Um, uh, you know, like, which I was going to say, like in modern day, it ain't, it's, it's, it's like it's two decades old, but yeah. like, don't worry like about Frasier that. Don't era, go around right? That. Yeah. Like, yeah, 40 years after this, they're still doing it in sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, you had just to, to put it back into some of like the, the questions about the story and stuff. When you talked about vision as the, as the conscience, um, it, it did make me think that like maybe it, it really like, vision isn't vision at all and it is wanda like all of it's wanda maybe vision isn't suddenly miraculously alive maybe this is like he is serving as sort of like the expression the avatar of the piece of her that knows like this is no good none of this is good so it may all be wanda is uh is a strong possibility just as we're like trying to track like how with vision right like we're trying to track the how of all of this but vision is a really important piece because we saw this man die twice uh so like how um maybe he isn't alive maybe he is uh a part of wanda that's having like another way of like expressing and exploring this world that she's creating for herself uh and she is like throwing herself into like this this thing that she like completely loved and maybe that is going to be uh whether it's something that saves her, I don't know. You know, um, well, y- you also kind of called it out yourself um, way back when, Josh, when we were doing from Age of Ultron and then Civil War. You kind of pointed out that Vision is the moral compass of this team, right? Like Vision is the one because of his like ability to rational and like look at things logically, while still having like a you know bit of humanity to him is the, the moral compass of the Avengers. If that's the case, that's like the conscious. So you have now him existing possibly in that role for one right. herself right right so i think i think that that's really fascinating um agnes sure. agnes. Got agnes as Got she's talk. called uh ag th- i want to call it the great torby and fraser uh torby uh uh had this to to throw my way this quote from agnes in wandavision episode one she says the only way ralph who's her husband she says the only way ralph would remember our anniversary is if there was a beer named june 2nd uh, and then Torby sent me that on June 2nd, 1962, the trial of Bridget Bishop began, starting a reign of terror in Salem, Massachusetts, known as the Salem Witch Trials. Um, so this is all to connect to the likelihood that Agnes is herself a witch. Uh, mm-hmm. And perhaps she could be uh, somehow, uh, could she be the one of, of who's doing this to you, Wanda? Uh, like a bad presence within this or even herself, if we're talking about like id, ego, super ego stuff, is Agnes an expression of like the darkest parts of Wanda? Uh, and rather than it being, I know the leading theory is Agatha Harkness, who's a, a character from from Scarlet Witch is who Agnes could theoretically be that maybe like the live action adaptation version of this is like Agnes, Wanda and Vision are all Wanda. It's a possibility. I mean, Agnes Harkness existing in this world seems to not fit just because there is no actual witchcraft and Wanda was thrown her powers, um, you know, through, through the stones. Um, But that all said, uh, I think there's definitely more to the character than, than we are aware. I do love the running Ralph bit because that is also like a sitcom thing where someone will mention their husband that you never see um, to, to Lucy to a point. Like they keep talking about their kid and we barely see the kid once they have it. It's just gone forever. We're absolutely going to see Ralph. There's no way um, we don't see Ralph. By I, think, the end of I, think, I think we will. Right. Like I think I think I think that's going to happen that's eventually. But it Marvel is Marvel characters named Ralph. Oh, gosh. Let's, let's do a uh, quick wow. Google. Yeah. I think she killed Ralph. But, but you also, just me. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I think using the name Agnes is, is, is a couple of things. It could be if it is a representation oh. of that character. Um, it's Josh just found something. Ralph found? Bunker, uh, who is, <laughs> uh, uh, who first appeared in Infinity Gauntlet number one and Ooh. last appeared in Infinity Gauntlet number one was Very a man weird was a man who alongside Jake Miller and Bambi Long stole a shop and killed its owner and later went to a bar to drink. When the three leave the bar, Jake drives drunk and the three die when the car falls in a broken road. Adam Warlock then used his powers to send the souls of himself, 
Pip and Gamora from the Soul Gem to the bodies and revive, altering their burned appearance to their original bodies. There we go. That's, so that's, that's who Ralph is. <laughs> yeah. You found it's it. Ralph Bunker. We got him. Yeah. Um, but no, so uh, I, Ralph I think Roberts that... is also the alter ego of Cobalt Man. I don't, uh, I don't really know sure, who Cobalt sure. Man is. I've yeah. heard the name, but it doesn't uh, ring any immediate bells. It's X-Men bad guy, it appears. Mm, uh, yeah. I know what Cobalt is, and I know what a man is. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, if, if they're going this route, uh, you know, of someone who raised Wanda, for all we know, it's Wanda's mom, right? We never saw Wanda and Pietro's mother in, in, in this series. So maybe, maybe that's the, the approach. So this is presuming Agnes is even the real name. This could also didn't be. Did they uh, die though? Her parents both died in the bombing. Yes. So did Vision. <laughs> so like I'm saying, like, if, you, if you're Fair if enough. you're able to like right, change reality, right, 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 right? If that's if that's what her ability is, that person can come back, and that's a representation of that. But I also, to me, I think Agnes is a fake name. Um, I think Agnes is a plant, and if you are, you're not going to use your real name. My possible running theory of, of, of Agnes being a misdirect, because if this is a show about magic, misdirection is, is always a key thing, is that she's quite possibly could be Abigail instead of Agnes. And that is the leader of S.W.O.R.D. in the comics, Abigail Brand. So that's another possibility there that, uh, again, what we're seeing is not fully what we're getting. Um, I don't know if they're going to, like, you know, necessarily make it so obvious who this character is in such a That'd way that awesome. people are just going to grab yeah. it like that. That'd be awesome because uh, we would get to see Catherine Hahn rocking green hair, potentially. Yes. Because mm. <laughs> um, Abigail Brand happy, has green hair. A happy idea to disagree um, <laughs> with Abby. Um, because the backstory of Agatha Harkness, and please correct me if I am wrong, it's happened many, many times before, was that she was one of the original witches from the Salem Trials, right? Um let me look it up real quick. I, I believe that that is correct. And then she helped train Wanda to use her powers back when back when the theory was that Wanda was just doing basically witchcraft and the mutant stuff is it, and the expansion of those powers became like way, way later when she was doing, quote unquote, hex bolts and uh, and things like that. Um, okay. Yes. But but also much has changed from then. Also kind of worships Mephisto, right? Ooh, that I don't remember. But if that's the case, that's a whole other beast of a of a door that we're about to open. Then, yeah. So, of the quote unquote research I've been doing, and just like following along with stuff before the show started, uh, the idea of this being Ag- Agatha Harkness, the idea of the whole June second uh, that the Great Torby pointed out, and the fact of the origin story of Agatha Harkness and then bringing in Mephisto as like a a possible character. All of this could eventually tie into uh, multiverse of madness. I, I don't know that it's correct, but I like the idea of thinking that it could be because who knows what they could possibly like have if they could read it's those two. I mean, bringing Mephisto in is wild. Like yeah. it's it's the literal devil. Like at that point, I love it. That, I love it that opens so Dude, many doors. If we, if we are not, you know, we're we're a decade plus into this this crazy cinematic universe. If it ain't time to bring in Satan himself, you know, Satan. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> it's the uh, devil. He's Satan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as we all know, all the devil really cares about, though. Well, you know what. Maybe he this loves tracks. marriages. He loves he lo- marriages. He, that All dude the devil loves cares marriages. about his marriages. He loves for to whatever scoop up reason. a marriage, yeah, feed on just, it like a pomegranate. Uh, yeah. So there just we break go. Break it open and chew on those seeds. He wants out. the entire plot is that Mephisto uh, wants them to get married. So which they mm-hmm. are now. So now he can break them apart and break then feed on their marriage as <laughs> like he is wanting to do. I'm telling you, juicy. Yeah, uh, I think that's coming. I think that's happening. Very I, I, for all the comic book fans marriage. who listen to this probably love that. Everyone yeah. else is completely lost. Yo, yeah. show me Satan. I want <laughs> Satan. Give me the devil. I want that. The Marvel 666. Let's do it. There's been Let's way go. too much chicanery for us to be like, I want Satan on, like, on air. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's a Candyman kind of thing, yeah. right? <laughs> like, yeah. You gotta watch out. 
<laughs> yeah. In the context of a television show, I want Satan. Um, so I am curious to see what they do with that. I, I like, I like both of these ideas. I like the idea that it's Ag- Ag- uh, Agatha Harkness and she's a witch and that's some, somebody who's deeply hooked into Scarlet Witch lore. That could be fun. But I also like that potentially as a misdirect and that Catherine Hahn is actually Abigail Brand or somebody else who is an Abigail Brand type who is the leader of Sword. She's got huge, cool green hair and that would be really cool to get Catherine Hahn with cool, huge green hair. It would also mean that maybe she could be like the Nick Fury of the sword portion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which would mean much more Catherine Hahn, which would be very, very, very cool. I would love that. But I also think that there is something to this idea too, just to like hang on to mine if we're all like sort of like, um, you know, like attaching ourselves to like different Catherine Hahn theories. Um, the one that I'll, I'll throw on to right now is this idea that WandaVision and Agnes all the same, all the same. And they're uh, representing like different morality poles of this equation. Um, so I think we've got a, we've got a few different possibilities and it's so early that we've got no true idea. I got a lot of feedback uh, that I think can guide us through uh, a bunch of the rest that we have not talked about. Let's take a quick commercial break. We will be right back and then we will hop into that feedback. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. Let's get into the feedback. And let's begin with this from the great Riley the Wordsmith. Riley writes in and says, My theory within the show is that, oh my God, Wanda is pregnant. This is bad news for the MCU. Uh, for some reason, I wasn't expecting Wanda and Vision's kids to be a part of this series. And when she was pregnant at the end of episode two, I had this pit in my stomach. The way she looks at the beekeeper and then says no and reverses time to protect this new family she's created gives me very bad vibes. Uh, Riley says that I'm keeping this uh, vague so as not to tip off too many comic book spoilers, uh, but there are comic book, there's comic book precedent for Wanda and Vision having kids, and it maybe not being, A, exactly what they think it is, and B, maybe not being so great for many other people, uh, and Wanda certainly doing dangerous reality bending stuff when threatened, as we are talking about in great detail here on these podcasts. Um, Latanya, what are your thoughts about Wanda's pregnancy, which is revealed uh, towards the end of episode two and the fact that she, yeah, she does seemingly like reverse time. And it had just, it just occurs to me because of Riley's feedback, like theoretically, like to protect those kids, like to stop the beekeeper from like coming mm-hmm. in and changing that. For the children. For the kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That almost, the way that everyone was just in unison saying that throughout episode two was very, culty and very like incantation esque um, because it wasn't until Vision and Wanda mockingly said it that we look up and she's pregnant. Um I I do think that it's probably to both protect, you know, the unexpected now expecting. Uh I also think that it, it's probably a bit of Wanda like seeing this beekeeper and it having some kind of actual uh meaning to her (laughs) unlike it does to us in the audience and her being like nope they're about to come and tear it down i'm done Uh uh-uh no and then reverses time um it is very interesting that at that point we get our little pleasantville moment and everything starts i mean we got a little bit of it with the helicopter earlier uh but then everything starts to turn technicolor which is cool for many reasons the first 
you know, being, of course, this would have been around the era that, te- like, especially for the next, next episode that, uh, sitcoms went into Technicolor and it was a very big, uh, sticking point for them to, uh, you know, brand themselves as being in color and in Technicolor and what that means. But also, as we're escaping the world of black and white, uh, or like, you know, gray area, and we're opening everything up to color, what does that mean for not just these these Kenda that she's apparently pregnant with, but what does it mean for her own mental, uh, you know, mental security and like what she's trying to, what she has built here and how she's trying to protect it. It's just going to be really interesting seeing how she continues to warp reality in order to elude being captured. It's, Unless, yeah. you know, there's a witch that has cast some spells on her. <laughs> this pregnancy well, could be a spell. Yeah. Well, witch is actually a good point. Um, th- the note of the, of the kids before I get into, like, um, the witch and, and what you were saying at the end there, uh, is that I, I was also thinking about that fact, because in the, in the first episode, we, we had the mention of just, like, when you guys going to have kids, and this one the, for the children quite often. I mean, the ultimate endgame, presuming someone is doing this to Wanda, presuming that it is, like, an aim or, or someone um, uh, bad, uh, it, it could be the kids, right? It, the, the, like, if if Pietro is dead, if Wanda is a good guy, and you're a bad guy, and you want someone who could do what what was done previously, the children could be the ultimate end goal. Literally, this all could be done for the children because that's what they want. Ultimately, they want the kids. Uh, they want Speed and Wiccan. Um, so that 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 is, I think, a, a, a potential possibility that occurred to me when I was watching. Um, in terms of like the 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 color stuff, I, I definitely want to hit on that because one thing I did want to talk about too is that I mentioned the Dick Van Dyke part of it. This episode, episode two, very much Bewitched, which was like my jam when I was younger. Like I watched a lot of Bewitched, um, and like from the opening sequence, that was very spot on. To you, you can tell the differences immediately because the difference was in vision, in the way he behaved. He shifted from Dick Van Dyke. To basically playing um, Darren, the, the name of the actor is escaping me, uh, Dick York. Um, and there was another one because they, they had two Darrens. But yeah, uh, his mannerisms three, changed right? because, he, yeah, um, he became a lot more like Darren was always very like anxious and kind of like nervous and cowardly. And you saw it immediately. His mannerisms shifted at the beginning of this episode. He was like a completely different person because he was being someone else in a different sitcom. And I thought that was really cool. Um, the thing about the beds at the beginning, they were sleeping in separate beds. And at first I thought it would, they were doing I Love Lucy because um, sitcoms of the time, the couples slept in different beds because God forbid you show a married couple sleeping in the same yeah. bed. Too but sexy. Bewitched, Wait, yeah. that's not how we are supposed to do it? Uh, it is for you, Josh. You're supposed to sleep like that. So make okay. sure that you keep that. No, up. I have been. I have been. Um, but like the, the <laughs> Bewitched was the first one to actually have them sleep in the same bed. So like the the the, the beds coming together and becoming one was showing a shift in also the decade itself, right? Like we're watching time progress by doing that and also progressive progressivism almost happening. Uh, the fact that she was wearing pants the entire time is another big thing where um, Elizabeth Montgomery, you know, didn't wear dresses like all the time in that show. Uh, and the other really, really big one is the transition at the end, because um, during its run, uh, Bewitched went from black and white to color. And so like watching it happen literally during the runtime of this show, I think it was another like homage. Yes, I think it was also doing the like showing a, a movement and showing a change and showing us into the new decade. But specifically, I think because it was Bewitched, uh, they did it with this. Uh, which that's I think cool. is really awesome that like that's the show is so dense, not just with the comic book stuff, but with the sitcom stuff. And I love that, like, especially because, again, like I, I liked Bewitched. The pregnancy thing is also interesting because Samantha had kids in the Bewitched series, um, which is something that we're leading to here. She was pregnant during uh, the runtime with magical children. Um, so like all of that, I think, is, is playing into a lot of stuff. And it actually just occurs to me, like, did they say the word pregnant? Um during the episode, I don't know not for that sure. I, not that I remember. I, I'm not. Sh- I don't remember that they did, but they wouldn't in that time period. Exactly. If they say pregnant, they, which is wild. TV. They can't say pregnant. They say like <laughs> expecting. They say like something on like, television. Yeah. yeah, in television in the fifties yeah. and sixties, they couldn't say pregnant. How come? Because scandalous. Same reason a husband and wife can't sleep in the same pregnant? bed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Josh. To their minds in those days, these sex. And mm-hmm. we can't have any references. We can't have you sleep in the same bed as your husband or wife, uh, because those are the only partnerships that existed back then, apparently. And 
you're also not allowed to say words like pregnant or you can't flush a toilet. Like that's all in the family was a huge deal because you heard the first toilet flush on television. It's not something that people wanted to think about with their TV shows back then. You know, we haven't flushed a toilet on a podcast yet. <laughs> no! No! no. I, I'm to Scarlet Witch it. No. <laughs> Just All right. Uh, right in. Let us know. Do you want us to flush a toilet on a podcast? <laughs> Super monster. at dot com. Who's doing this to you, Joshua? If I Who's get, doing this if to I you? Get, if I get 15 unique yeses, we'll do it. I need 15 is- unique yeses. This is for sure one of those situations where I revert to like, I've done this in my head, but never actually said it to you. Do you know the way on the Friends episodes where uh, Rachel was dating that guy, Joshua? Yeah. She didn't say it normally. She said, Joshua. Yeah. yeah, That's That definitely warrants a (laughs) Joshua. (laughs) (laughs) 15 unique yeses. Super at postshowrecaps.com. And don't you fa- don't come up with a fake email address. I'm, I know that this has oh. happened before, so well, just keep it I guess I unique. should put my fake email address yeah, on. I am <laughs> talking directly to LaTanya. Uh, yeah. 15 unique yeses and 20 unique no's. If we get 20 unique no's, then that will trump the 15 unique yeses. Uh, and even if we get beyond 20 yeses, as long as we hit 20 no's, that will be enough to stop the flushing on a podcast. Anyway, humans are terrible. Um, so <laughs> this is from Chris B. Chris B writes in, uh, wondering, I know we're talking about this as a TV show, both it's WandaVision, it's, it's a streaming service TV show, and there's all the sitcom stuff that's happening within it, but is there another medium in play? And this is from Chris. I got hints of a video game with Vision performing tasks at work and his co-worker not being able to explain it, when Mr. Hart is choking and Mrs. Hart is repeating stop this over and over like an NPC in a video game waiting for you to complete your task. In episode two, when Dottie cuts herself, she seems to pause for a second before resetting back to a predetermined script. So Chris says, my theory is, or my guess, is that it's some kind of computer program that Wanda has been placed into. Perhaps some sort of calculation to be completed that only Vision can solve. And since he's dead, Wanda is recreating him in the game. What do we think of WandaVision, the video game? That's really interesting. I mean, the end credits have a very uh, digital, digital pixelization quality to, quality to it. Um, I do think some of the references can go both ways, which I think is clever because, like, the not knowing what you do is also just a trope of uh, of, of sitcoms. I mean, the famous uh, Friends one, since you just mentioned it, is Transponster. Um, you know, Chandler's <laughs> shop. Uh, you know, yeah. so like, I think that reference is there, but definitely, like, I love the idea of like the glitching and, of course, the um, the resetting to predetermined uh lines because you know NPCs only have so much. Um, I think it's really, really interesting. Which also, if we are talking about Mephisto, uh, I mentioned this, uh, I think when I was talking to Robin, but Robin pointed out that uh, the actress. Who who played Dottie is uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, uh, and yeah. plays a demon. She plays a demon in Buffy the is Vampire that Slayer. Anya? Emma Caulfield. It's Anya. Emma Caulfield. Yes. That is Anya. Yes. I couldn't yes. decide if that was Anya or Leslie Bibb, and so I was just gonna let time sort it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool that that's Anya. And for so those who funny. don't know, uh, Latanya and I have been calling Kevin Time. Uh, it's a new nickname that we've come up with, Kevin. We're trying to sort it out. Uh, what do you think? Do you like time, Mahadeo? <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Big time is what we call him. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> no need to write in. We know you accept. Yeah. We don't need yeah. any unique yeses no, or no's. For no unique one. yeses or no's for big time Kevin. Yeah. Big time Kevin. That's where it's at. Uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, do you cast... Emma, I mean, I, again, like if you're just like going deep into like the television pantheon, you bring Emma Caulfield on, uh, like she's going to be evocative for certain people for sure. But is there is there more to it than that? Um, is she playing? Could she be Mephisto? Uh, and also, she seems to like really handle cutting her hand pretty well. Um, I thought that that was compelling. I thought that was particularly interesting. She seems terrifying, but like in all yeah. of the worst possible ways. Yes. She's, yeah. she's one of those like home wifey like you know bullies i don't like it i don't like it at all um let's talk about the commercials 
Yes. Uh, oh, those are good. Yes. From Zach. Zach asks, uh, or, or states rather, the commercials seem to be real parts of Wanda's psyche slipping through, considering the Strucker watch has the Hydra symbol on them, as well as the phrase Strucker, he'll make time for you. Because he sure did for Wanda and Pietro. And then Josiah also asks, obviously the commercials, they're more than meets the eye. What are your theories for the commercials? Is there anything about the commercials, like theoretically plot wise, that you want to to hone in on that you feel like we haven't really expressed? Kevin is shaking his head and doing a great like, I don't know, kind of face. Besides the, the fact that those characters are dead, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it is interesting. Like, I mean, I think if, if you know, three is a trend, right? Mm-hmm. So if next week we have another commercial and it's about another dead character from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's definitely something very chilling happening there. Latanya, do you have any theories about the commercials that you want to get off? Well, I want to say the commercials are very, a very interesting part of the whole sitcom vibe. Having those actual commercial interruptions that would have occurred during these programs in the time. And they would have been introducing the like biggest new household appliances for and gearing them toward like housewives, essentially. Uh, I noticed a little bit of, um, the Iron Man like repulsion sound and the toaster. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than the actual names that are involved, one is the, you know, a Stark product, the under other is Strucker. Uh, I don't know, uh, unless it's supposed to be alluding to the, uh, ability to make technology catch up or, so quickly that, you know, someone like Ultron ends up coming back or something. Oh, come on. Give me James Spader <laughs> on the bingo card. I still want it. Josh been, wants I, it so been, bad. I was trying to have my eyes peeled for like, what's like a good. And so like you've got like the toaster reference and then you've got Baron Von Strucker being referenced Age of Ultron. I'm like, oh, I think we're still in the game. I think we're still in the game <laughs> if we're looking for James Spader to, to show up. Uh, I would I would be I would be so thrilled. It would be a gas. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a gas. It'd be a gas. It'd be a gas. Uh, I I don't know how anybody is doing this sober. Is one of the great Catherine Hahn lines in this show. Yeah, well, it's something I ask myself daily. Checking uh, out the mailman, like yeah. you know, just gold. While you time. while you talk about sobriety, Latanya, uh, mm. Corey B, the great Corey B, who knows a thing or two about robots, writes in and says, "What food makes you gum drunk?" Uh, or just what makes you gum drunk? Uh, and of course, gum drunk being if you're a robot and you eat gum and it gums up your gears. Uh, what food is there something that's like not booze or drugs? I was say, like booze. <laughs> yeah. What is it other than booze and drugs that makes you act the way that, that vision was acting? And is there anything to take out of that other than just sort of the comedic aspect? Uh, if we're, if we're going to like drill down into like, what what was that for in terms of like story progression? Oh, that was just, you couldn't show drunk people, uh, on TV at the time. So, um, you make up a reason why they're acting the way that, that they are like, yeah, Darren wasn't going to stumble into the talent show and ruin it because he's severely intoxicated. So <laughs> no, but, but I mean, but why, why even go there? Like why, yeah, why, why even? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Was it was it just for laughs? Is it just a gas or is there is there something bigger at play with like is it like that vision has the potential to mess this whole thing up? Like if vision gets too close to the truth, maybe he can unravel this whole thing. I mean, maybe I definitely took it as just like they were doing the sitcom thing, right? Like they just were the doing bit. the thing where it's just like, oh, a person um, you can't actually have them be drunk, drunk uh, at the time period. Right. Like even even and this this goes on for a while. Like if you look at Cheers. Um, I believe uh, for a while on Cheers, you could show them drinking beer all they want. Um, but if you had them drinking hard alcohol, that's when they got like drunk. Um, so like that, that's just one of those like little, I think, sitcom things that, that, that exists. And they did it because it's, it's, it's a trope for the talent show the same way where they pulled, but they did all the stuff where it's just like, oh, it's really like this. It's this thing moving. And then they do the mirrors and the one person naturally says like, is that how mirrors work? Because right. like that's what they would do at the time. Like certainly I think there's a level of pulling back the curtain quite literally on, on the magic happening that is, that is alluding to like stuff coming. But I think 
for me. I mean, it could be, but for me, I, I definitely read it as like, uh, oh yeah, this is this is classic sitcom. Yeah, uh, Latanya, what gets you gum drunk? Uh, bubble gum, uh, flavored alcohol. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would I, that would mess me. up. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. Would be. Dead, Am I deadly. supposed to swallow this? I, yeah. All of my life instincts tell me no. Yeah, but you want uh, to, so it's like yeah. giving you what you've you always want wanted to, to do. Yeah. <laughs> You're just uh. like, oh, anyway. Yeah, I yes. mean, a good a good baked macaroni and cheese. For Yum. Me yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Will get me gum drunk. Uh, yeah. I a vision and <laughs> gumming up the words, which is a thing that I wrote down and then they said in the show, and I was yes. like, okay, settle yeah. down. Uh, <laughs> So it's interesting to see the old fashioned artwork in this that's supposed to depict the gum going through vision because no one really knows what he's made of or like how he came to be. Right. Uh, So there seems like to be some kind of converter in there along with like a nuclear reactor, maybe, (laughs) and some lights and some springs and the cogs that are keeping things going. I am wondering if this is something that will come back later where someone will figure out if it's not gum, it can be literally anything because he can't, he can't eat or drink. Right. If they, they can, you know, decapacitate him and just doing something simple that most people wouldn't even notice. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, it has to serve some sort of function. You know, this isn't just here because it's fun. You know, it's definitely here because it's fun, but there's another because. So we just need to kind of like keep an eye on what that because is. One last one for the crew. Uh, Josiah asking, what show slash era do we think will be parodied next? I've been waiting Uh, for this. (laughs) So it would appear we're going to the 70s if we're following this map, right? 50s for episode one, 60s, episode two, we would go to the 70s. What are some of the shows from the 70s that you could imagine making it into WandaVision? And then do you have a specific prediction? I'll turn it to both of you because this is much more your turf than mine. Um, So so I would love to go through all the eras because I would love to discuss it. Um, but, uh, for me, I was trying to think, and I kept like throwing out suggestions and Robin, I think correctly pointed out that the show is clearly family sitcom focused. So I think we're not going to get like the office, for example, I think they'll do modern family, uh, which follows the same style because like that style of mockumentary is so quintessential to like the 2010s. So I think once we hit that, that time period, we'll probably do that. But for the seventies, my instinct is Brady Bunch. It just yeah. feels like the sitcom of that time period. Um, also feels hard to imagine that they won't make you if we're doing iconic openings, uh, right? Like, how do they not do the Brady Bunch opening song yeah. and like the, you know, the way that the that's split filmed? Yeah, the split screen. Yeah. I was also thinking about the Partridge family in addition to um, the Brady Bunch. Yeah. But the 70s are unique in sitcom. Because that's when we start to get the first all-black sitcoms. Um, so, you know, there's probably not going to be a ton of influence. But maybe I'm, I, I will definitely be looking out for any kind of like zany family sitcom, like Good Times or What's Happening, um, leaking in there. Even Sanford and Son. <laughs> um, maybe uh, we look at later on. But, yeah, I think that likely a combination of uh, the uh, the two that Kevin and I just pointed out: the Partridge cool. Family and the Brady Bunch. Yeah, hello world. Uh, we already <laughs> have Partridge Family. Uh, was already teased in Ant Man and the Wasp. They That's sang true. the theme song. Oh, uh, we have a dream that we're traveling together. I feel like you yeah. just used that as an excuse just to sing. Uh, get Paul Rudd back. Uh, well, look, we got Jimmy Woo is in this show, right? Yeah, so, we need Paul Simon Rudd here. You know, I think it would make some sense. I do. I really, really do. Uh, anything that we didn't hit on from these first two episodes of WandaVision that either of you want to make sure we touch? I think as far as like forecasting all of the stuff, like, you know, let's save some uh, like Augustus Gloop should have done. Save some room for later. Uh, <laughs> we can we can. Get into that next week, because next week it appears we're going into the 70s. I wish that these episodes had real titles. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll, like, reveal them eventually. But right now, it's just episodes one and episode two. That's it. That's what they're, that's what they're called. Yeah. yeah that's I, what we got. I mean... <laughs> that's what they would have been called 
and in the back in the day, right? They didn't have they I just guess. went by number and not name. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Yeah. I think that might be accurate uh, that they didn't have like subtitles for the names at the time, and maybe as we head into modern territory, right? Like uh, again, I don't think they're going to do friends, but if if once we get to episode, ooh, what would that one, two, three, four? So you have to go to like five or something. It would be like the one with blank, right? Um, yeah. So you could end up in a situation like that uh, moving forward in time. Um, but yeah, we'll save the predictions for each episode about what we think the next sitcom would be. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I also just really want to to like you said to see the continuation for the the, the opening sequences and the title sequences. Extremely fun how they've been playing around with that and like mimicking uh, the styles on that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right, WandaVision, episodes one and two in the books. We're going to be back next week talking episode three. Rumor has there also may be some Star Wars shenanigans happening with this very crew in the not-too-distant future. So if you're not subscribed to the Star Wars podcast feed, check that out. Maybe hearing uh, from from uh, these lovely folks on a podcast very soon. Looking forward to that. If not, at the very least, uh, why don't you... Why don't you do it? Just, you've been thinking about it. Why don't you do it? Sign up. Patreon.com slash recaps. And the reason to do it, aside from just being awesome, just being like a super cool person who's doing that, is you can hear a three-hour podcast in which Kevin Latanya and myself, alongside Jess Sterling and Mike Bloom and Rich Filiberto, played Dungeons and Dragons. We played Dungeons and Dragons together for three hours. And it was crazy. And magic occurred, and sometimes Latanya was a benevolent elf, and other times he murdered the guy. We don't need him anymore. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> as any queen some, should be. As the elfish queen, uh, Kevin was literally a ninja turtle. That is correct. Uh, so, I was a ninja turtle. <laughs> it's a very fun podcast that's available in the podcast feed right now. If you're if you're like, oh man, what am I going to do with all this time that I've got? Well, you can sink three hours into a podcast in which the three of us plus some of our other friends are playing Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid fun, really, really great. A hilarious extravaganza occurred. Uh, so check that out. Patreon.com slash recaps. Keep the conversation going with us, whether you're in the Discord or not. You can hit us up on Twitter at Kev Mahadeo, at LK Starks, at Round Howard. We'll be back next week with even more WandaVision shenanigans. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Stop right there. You want to know right now. Before you go any further, this is Wanda. Vision. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.